This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 614 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Bait Saddles, Mud Control Grids by Han Plastics, TotalSaddleFit.com, and Surefoot Equine Stability Program. On tonight's show, we are joined by friend of the show, Hilary Moore Hebert, who is attending Kentucky three-day event as a dressage coach to a competitor. After that, regular guest Wendy Murdoch invites us to the Kentucky three-day event virtual vendor village. Then we have Horse Radio Network auditor Avery on to review How Two Minds Meet, written by Beth Baumert, and we'll cap the episode off with a trainer tip by Reese and I. is Reese Koffler-Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, I have to Phil. say that, yeah, yeah, hi, Reese. I was just, uh, you know, I did the intro there, and I did not realize that I had used such alliteration in the, in the <laughs> middle part where, yeah, maybe you heard yeah. me, but virtual bender village. Yeah, that's no joke. I kind of laughed a little. I don't know if you heard it, but I was like, wow, that was actually hard to say. Well done, sir. Like that was, uh, yeah, usually, that was something. I usually try to uh, avoid that when, when, when writing the intros. So I don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. a lot of, a lot of the intros are, 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 you got, you know, the listeners, you don't hear it, but I have to do them several times. And, um, oh, and then there's laughing involved. Like we're not going <laughs> to, tell you we laugh and then we have to get it under control and paul our producer growls at us and we have to really get it together so you did well phil well done it wasn't too uh, bad yeah i should have written it better yeah there we go well i i think once the show comes out we we record on thursday night and dressage is happening right now uh or not right now at this moment but happen today and tomorrow and um we're gonna really enjoy hillary's discussion and i have one of my students I'm, i don't coach her in the in the winter i coach her in the summer and i've coached her since she was a peanut she was 14 when she came she's doing her first kentucky uh alex boss she's been on the program so i'm wishing her luck and i can't wait to tune in tomorrow uh there's no spectators at the horse park this week so i can't even bop over and see her i totally would. Um, but the shopping experience is, um, on the virtual vendor village. Don't say that super fast. And, uh, you'll be able to get some of the coupon codes and Phil later in the show, will tell you how to get there. So yeah, but it's, it's been quite a week here, Phil. We had snow on April 21st and I know you're laughing, <laughs> but it's Kentucky. Yeah. I yeah. know. So I, I think probably a lot of people listening had snow and, um, I mean, our horses, you know, we just came in from Florida and, um, we had some natural energy. Actually, the horses were really good. I thought they would be insane and, and they were honestly pretty good. A couple of them though, the, the questionable ones, I was like, oh, let's just lunge and make sure. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. They safety, were really safety fun. first. We always safety, safety first. first. Yeah. So, I mean, it was yeah. 26 degrees when I rode my first horse and I, I mean, I had all the winter stuff on. <laughs> it was 
cold. So uh, we're not used to it. And, and the thick, the thick gloves and all the stuff that I've. Oh yeah, and I'm not used to that. No, I had this. I had. I had the hand warmers. I had the feet warmers. I had everything else. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, yeah, but everybody yeah. was good, and we made it. So it made for some good pictures and it some should, funny. It should memes. warm up tomorrow. I think that's what they're saying. It's gonna. Yeah, warm up yeah, tomorrow. it'll be fine, and, and there may be some rain on um, for cross country day, which I always hate. So I hopefully that will go away. But um, yeah, so fun week here in Kentucky, even if it's not, uh, not gonna, gonna, you know, we can all watch it virtually, which will be fun. Um, and, uh, especially if it's raining, I'll be very happy. It's online <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not out there. Uh, and I just got my second vaccination. So I am okay, I'm feeling good. pretty good, but yeah, I was pretty happy that, that, that happened. I know, I, I know Phil, you're still in lockdown and, and I send my love to everybody. Um, but I am, I am very pleased that I was able to get, get that vaccination and, and we can hopefully, you know, I don't Fantastic. know. Yeah. I don't know. We're turning to normal, but we can, we can move, we can move forward. Yes. Uh, we'll move forward know, sooner rather than later. That, that would be great. Right. That is the plan. So, uh, but we have a great show. We have quite a long show, so we're going to get the party started, uh, but we're going to uh, start with the Kentucky performance ad, and they also have a booth in the virtual vendor village. Uh, so check them out. Uh, and they've been a longtime sponsor of our show and, and uh, we want to support them as well. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Spring is here, and so are pastures full of luscious green grass. Spring grass is high in vitamins, minerals, and sugar. Most horses have little problem adjusting to the changing sugar levels found in spring pasture, but for at-risk horses, grazing on sugary grass can lead to big problems such as colic or laminitis. By paying attention to daily temperatures and following a couple of simple rules, you can limit your horse's access to such sugar-laden grasses. In the spring and fall of the year, limit grazing or stop it completely when daytime temperatures are warm and nighttime temperatures are below 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Under these conditions, the grass produces sugar during the day and it stores it in its leaves. At night, the plant transfers the stored up sugars to the roots and stems to fuel the growth. If the evening temperatures are cold, the grass will not make that transfer and all of the sugar will remain in the leaves where it is readily available to your horse. In the summer when days are sunny and nights are warm, it is safe to allow grazing in the early morning hours, but it should be restricted late in the afternoon or evening. This is because most of the sugar that was produced the previous day has been used for growth overnight. Therefore, the level of sugar in the leaves is low in the morning. But as the day progresses, the grass once again accumulates sugar in its leaves in preparation for nighttime growth. So later in the day, the more sugar-packed leaves become. Because grass is a great source of essential vitamin E, horses that are restricted from grazing, especially easy keepers and horses in hard work, may develop vitamin E deficiencies. Lack of vitamin E can result in sore, stiff muscles and neurological problems. Elevate Maintenance Powder from Kentucky Performance Products is an affordable way to provide your horse with the vitamin E missing from his diet. 
Each scoop provides 1,000 international units of natural vitamin E, and natural vitamin E is absorbed and retained in the tissues at a much greater rate than the synthetic vitamin E found in many feeds and supplements. Best of all, when you choose a Kentucky Performance Product Supplement, you get a 100% satisfaction guarantee. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight we are so happy to have fan favorite back on the show, Hillary Moore Hebert. She is an FEI rider and trainer, and this week she is coaching Emma Klugman from Australia at the Land Rover three-day event here in Lexington. Hillary, hi. Hi, and I'm definitely <laughs> well, just coaching her in the dressage for anyone worried about that. <laughs> Should have been more specific. Yes. But yeah. I think that is huge. And and we're not going to lie. Yeah. We just saw each other for lunch. We haven't seen each yeah. other in person, obviously socially distant, all the, all those safe things, but it was so nice to see you in the flesh. It was great. And spend a little time with you this afternoon. Yes. And I'm very um, excited to talk to Philip because I have not talked to you in quite a while also. So I feel like it's a little reunion. Yeah, I know. I love I, it. I miss you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we are a family here in the show and we love having you back. And so tell us, what are your first impressions about being at the Kentucky Horse Park as a coach at the Land Rover three-day event? Yeah, so the first thing I would like to note, uh, if anyone wants to have a vague sense of how old I am, the last time I was here was in 1995, and so that was quite a while ago, and so I think I had some ideas of what it was like from my childhood when I remember seeing it and thinking that the cross country was probably 18 feet high, you know, and 90 miles long. Um, so it's been really interesting to come back as an adult and walk it, you know, both as someone who no longer events, which I did at the time that I saw it. My uh, coach was riding here, so I got to see her go. But um, now that I am looking at it from the perspective of just dressage, it's quite interesting. I think the first thing of note that was quite good to see today is um, Marilyn Little has her mare that uh, she helped my student, Emma, quite a bit, and I think would consider her a mentor. Um, she did very, very well in the high 70s in dressage terms for the dressage, and um, I think is leading the pack for the first day. Uh, the second group, including Emma, are going tomorrow afternoon. So it was really nice, and she's on a warm blood, and just incredible gait quality, I think a lot of people have some assumptions about eventing dressage riders. And I think that she definitely put that to rest because that, you know, I just was down in Wellington for the winter competition season. That horse would be able to hold its own in the dressage only shows that I was going to. So just a really lovely job on her part um, and absolutely lovely horse that she has. That's fantastic. Can you tell everybody a little bit about the test that, that the, the riders are doing sort of what the equivalent would be in dressage. Yeah, it's really a, a elegant test. I think it's very well thought through. It has some movements in it that are quite similar to what we might see in um, the pre St. George I one where there's a trot half pass to center line straight, except for, for them, they don't continue in an eight meter circle in the same direction. They have to change 
to the opposing rein to the eight meter circle into shoulder in on center line. And um, it's a little bit of a different question because they're asking for, I think, the ability to have more shoulder mobility and change into that new rein. Um, some of the other movements are quite similar to what we would see in our third and fourth level tests. They have a half pass and canter to straight flange. Um, so it sets them up quite nicely for a nice, you know, springy, correct flying change uh, before they turn onto the new um, rein, being on the new lady. So I nice mixture, and I think that their concept, obviously I don't ride cross-country, but I think the concept is supposed to be that is a test of not only obedience, and et cetera, all the things they talk about. But having walked the cross-country course with Emma, there are a lot of questions where you can see the horse's mobility of the shoulder, ability to sit behind. I think the test is a, a very elegantly put together way to prepare them for that. And so I will be curious to see when there's the combinations on cross country, how the horses that did particularly well in dressage handle those. Obviously, there's more factors at that point, speed and endurance between. Um, I think it took us approximately two hours to walk the course. And I did it two times yesterday. And I think we walked 17 miles. Um, so... <laughs> So, you know, it's nice that you have shoulder mobility, but also I think that being able to make it to the finish line uh, are also some things that are required. Um, so it's, a, I think, a really interesting thing to be able to see. And again, not as different as I think we sometimes live in our silo. I don't think it's as different as we think it is sometimes, right? I think this is real dressage. And I think that it's also given me a lot of clarity and purpose for myself to understand really, you know, why I was created and why we do just the dressage phase and understanding how it is really like ballet and stretching and yoga for the horses. Well, how is your rider kind of taking in the horse park and the atmosphere at the horse park? I think that um, Emma seems really prepared, and I think it's quite a different atmosphere without spectators. I think it's a fantastic. She's This is her first year here. I think it's a good opportunity to get a sense of running the five-star without the um, very large spectator uh, pressure and stress and noise, et cetera, that causes more atmosphere. One thing I think that's really interesting to see is I have been spending quite a lot of time with Emma. She's on the Australian Next program um, to develop her. And so she's been part of a program that's helping her go. Um, she comes weekly for uh, dressage work with me and is really putting the time in. I have not gotten a chance until this week to see how she prepares for cross country and stadium. She is walking the course repeatedly, going through every aspect of what she needs for preparation. And it's quite surprising. I think she's the youngest rider here and she's not here because she kind of, you know, is young and cavalier. I think she really is um, very capable and seemingly quite prepared for all phases. And I think that as a result of that, as we know in the dressage world, you know, preparation is what makes you um, ready, which seems like a silly thing to say, but, you know, we're repeatedly talking through the test, warm up time, you know, 
walking the course multiple times. And so I think that she's finding, you know, confidence in that preparation, which is, you know, a good thing and obviously seems to be working. I think also she has exceptional talent on cross country and stadium. Um, the other times that I've gone to coach her, she sometimes is the only one in a field of 60 that is riding a clear cross country and stadium round. So I um, applaud her for setting a lot of time aside to develop her dressage because as we all know, all of our listeners, as well as the group of us here, um, you know, it can only make horses better. So I really um, think that she's going to do quite well with everything as the week goes on. Another part of feeling prepared and being prepared is having a great team uh, around yeah. you as a rider. And I think that you, you're obviously providing her with, with a lot of that support and, and, and preparing maybe her weakest phase, but, but having a really good expert um, on the ground to actually, you know, talk through it all the time. I think that that helps me when I'm going to a big competition is to not just get in my own head, but actually physically have someone to, uh, to chat with. And that's, I mean, Reese and I pretty much spent the whole lunchtime talking about that because it lightens your own mental load and we only can make so many decisions. So I think that is exactly right. And why, you know, Reese and I have always said that having it be that you have that great team is so important to making everything work. Yeah, it's so true. Well, Hillary, just for our final question of the day, what's going on with you? We haven't talked to you in a while. So I just wanted to catch up with you and your horses. I know. I actually have all my young horses that we've been talking about over the years starting to go. So I just took my um, five-year-old to his first show. And it's been a while that I've been in the ring, you know, with a young horse. And my concern is more about staying on than how everything goes. And he was, and you know, amazing. Um, he, I think, really starts to look to me when he's a bit nervous. And so I was very excited to see that that's how he responds under pressure. We got a 70 at our show, even though we needed to do a couple of schooling things so that he doesn't have any long-term habits. Um, and so, Woo-hoo. you know, I think he's going to go really, really well. Um and uh, he's just spectacular. And then we're starting back the two four-year-olds I have. And, you know, we wanted to do that after we got back from Kentucky. And then I'm going to start my three-year-old under saddle also this spring. So lots of young horses. Um, and that's going to be mostly what I'm doing uh, this summer. So wish me a lot of luck. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to be a busy girl and maybe, you know, while you're in Kentucky, get a vest, you know, one of those vest things that they wear in cross country. Yeah. So I have, um, Toklat is one of my spots. I always gotten, you know, my champion helmets from them. And I, it occurred <laughs> to me, I thought, you know, if I can have it be that I have all these experts getting me fitted for a vest, why don't I do it? And um, yes. I think now is definitely the time. Um, I should have one anyway, and we'll start hacking with one because I am old enough to have gone to um, the three day in 1995. So, um, <laughs> you know, not that young people shouldn't also, and I actually, James is now starting his riding off the lead line. I'm getting him a vest as well. So, um, I, uh, yeah, definitely protective equipment. I'm also going to make sure my helmets are up to date and not too old. Um, so it's all, I think we're on the same page about our priorities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, 
Yeah. Safety first. Well, Hillary, we hope you have a great week. And if anybody wants to touch base with you, how can they reach you? Oh, the easiest way is to just find me on social media on Facebook. You can find me my name or you can go to just more dressage like my um, middle name, M-O-O-R-E. Um, but uh, feel free to reach out. And obviously, I always love to get topics and can answer things. Um, I'm never short on words. So feel free to, <laughs> to ask me and maybe we can talk about it on a future episode. Fantastic. Well, thanks. And we wish you and Emma a great and safe trip here to in Kentucky. Absolutely. And I hope everyone has a great weekend. Bates Saddles are the saddle brand that truly put your horse first. Enjoy comfort, optimal balance, and seamless contact with your horse, leaving you free to concentrate on your aids. Bates Saddles offer you many features you don't find with other saddle brands, including the external flexi-block system, which is anatomically contoured to your leg, allowing it to ride in behind the block and support your individual position for maximized comfort and security. An adjustable ergonomic stirrup bar, which allows effortless rider alignment to be achieved by altering the position of the stirrup bar, enabling you complete control over your preferred leg position. Many styles are available, including the new Bates Dressage Saddles, the Bates Victress Show Jumping Saddle, and the Bates Advanta Eventing Saddle. It is the official saddle of the United States Eventing Association. You can learn more about Bates Saddles at BatesSaddles.com. That's BatesSaddles.com. What a beautiful day. Well, everybody had a favorite morning drive show in the days we all listened to radio. They were goofy, funny, and entertaining. You can have that again, only this time it focuses on life with horses. We are here every weekday on your podcast player. Search for Horses in the Morning and come join us. We are a little goofy, hopefully funny and entertaining, and you might learn something along the way, too. We are the world's leading daily podcast about horses since 2010 with over 2,600 episodes for you to binge on. Subscribe today. What are you waiting for? Pull your phone out of your pocket, blow off the hay, and subscribe to Horses in the Morning. Well, we are so excited to have Wendy Murdoch back on the show. She is a fan favorite and we love having her. Wendy Murdoch of the Murdoch Method. Wendy, hi. Hi, how are you guys? Well, it is a little bittersweet today because I would prefer that you and I were sitting in my kitchen, potentially with a glass of wine, doing this together because it is the Land Rover Kentucky three-day event this week and I, I am bummed you're not here. I know because I was supposed to be. And so that's a double bummer. And, you know, I mean, when I lived in Kentucky, I actually was an outrider at the event. So many, many, yeah, many, many years, many years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now many years ago, I I did the test ride a couple times and that was really fun. And and this year, I'm not going to lie this morning at 715 when the test rider went out, it was like 26 degrees and it's actually snowed here. And I can't remember the last time it snowed in Kentucky for the three day, but it was, I uh, don't know that it ever has snowed in Kentucky for the three day. Okay. Yeah. It, yeah. I, know. I, I think it that was, might be a first. I, I'm sure was, a historian will know. 
Yes, somebody um, would I, know. I could ask Nigel because he yes. would know. He announced for so many years. Um, he was a good friend. Yeah, so he I'll would check know. It out but him. we are bummed that you are not with us this week. But this is actually the second year, obviously, that we have planned on getting together and playing with the surefoot pads and the Franklin balls here at the farm. Uh, but it's okay. Next year we'll come around. Yes. And we're all looking forward to when we can be in person again. (laughs) We're going to appreciate it even more, aren't we? I love it. But you were coming to Kentucky, of course, to hang out with us, but also some other reasons, right? Um, Absolutely. So, you know, I I was going to have a booth at the trade fair at uh, Land Land Rover. And and because they're not allowing spectators this year, we had to go virtual. So I've got a booth and it's the only event where I offer a discount on surefoot pads the entire year. So, um, uh, we have a virtual booth and we have a code, but, um, Phil is going to navigate everybody and to how to get there because it's a little tricky, isn't it? Through it yeah, it's a little, a little tricky. Yeah, there's a, few, there's tricky. a few steps, but we've just kind of figured it out together a little bit. <laughs> So the first step is to go to Kentucky3dayevent.com, all one word, and then you um, slide over to the drop-down menus near the top, and you go to, uh, you bring down the competition drop-down, and then you go, and so on that drop-down menu, you're going to click on LRK3DE Virtual Experience. So this is where all the vendors are, uh, you know, virtually set up. So you can do a bunch of shopping here. Um, and then the next step is to click on the Virtual Vendor Village 2021. So I think we can we can click on that. I'm doing it, I'm doing it while we're talking. So if you are on desktop site, you will see more drop-down menus at the top. And the and the the fourth one over is trade fair. So you click on that, and then it's got your virtual trade fair. So all of the classic three-day event um, sponsors and vendors are all on there. And then you can scroll down and you will find Wendy's, which... uh, It's on the left-hand column. Yeah, it's It's alphabetical. So uh, Uh, except for the Kentucky shop, um, it's it's pretty much as you as you go down, it's alphabetical. So since Surefoot starts with an S, we're fairly far down the list. Yeah, and there you go. Surefoot Equine Balance Pads. So and we have that. a discount code there if anybody wants to purchase Surefoot pads, 10% off. Our special is only through um, Sunday night. That so, is huge. Yes, because like yes. you said, this isn't something that you offer. And for people that haven't been listening to the show, can you tell us what are the Surefoot pads? So the Surefoot pads are uh, a tool. And I think that that's the thing that's so important for people to realize. Just like your blanket is a tool, your bell boots are a tool, your crop is a tool. Surefoot pads are a tool, but the tool is to help your horse find relaxation, comfort. Um, You know, like if you're going to warm up, using Surefoot pads is really great because instead of lunging them, you can warm them up on Surefoot. You're activating the little tiny micro muscles, which are so important for stability and for good function. And the, the side benefit that we are um, we continue to see year after year, and this is many years now, um, is this deep relaxation. And if you know anything about sports uh, training, one of the keys to good performance is that you can let down. If you can't let down, you don't let the muscles fully recover. So with surefoot pads, when you stand the horse on the pads, they relax, they soften, you might see them sway, they go into what's called parasympathetic or rest and digest 
as an aid to recovery, post-work, pre-work, you know, I mean, anywhere you want your horse to be more relaxed, more attentive, more focused, you can use Surefoot pads. They're lightweight and portable. You can take them anywhere you want to go. Um, and, you know, we have tons of educational material on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. Uh, done now 37 Friday webinars that are specifically Surefoot in addition to all the instructional videos that we have that's on a separate playlist and just I'm, I'm up to a webinar like 195 <laughs> just, just wow. crazy in wow. this past year um and just on monday i had dr kelleher from marion dupont scott uh equine center and she was talking about using surefoot for like uh, suspensory ligament rehabilitation so we have veterinarians using it in rehab but we have um people using it um in their training and in their warm-up for horses because you know, the the horse's relationship to the ground is so critical to good performance. It's just like a human athlete. If you're not standing squarely on the ground and using the ground efficiently, you don't maximize your performance. And when you look at an event horse, he's really got to use the ground effectively to do the kind of jumps that he's got to do and the speeds that he has to do. But if he's, you know, a little out of balance or he's lost some proprioception, meaning knowledge of where you are in space, you know, that map of where we are in space, then then you're not going to get that maximum performance. And while training addresses the habits horses have, we still have to address the habit of the hoof and how it meets the ground. So, you know, if you've ever um, had a sore toe and you start to walk funny and then your toes healed, but you're still walking funny because you've built a new habit. And so Surefoot addresses those hoof habits, if you will, so that the horse meets the ground more securely, uses it more efficiently. And it's so important with event horses, of course, because they have the three And dressage horses. And And dressage. Absolutely dressage horses. Yeah. And and I think dressage horses typically, uh, you know, I I try to be sensitive to proprioception because, you know, I've talked a lot with you and, and I actually have different proprioceptions areas at my farm, Uh, you know, but I think it's, it's, that important to be able to, you know, walk on grass and walk in the harder and walk in the ring. And I think it's really important. So I love it. So Wendy, real quick again, how do we find you, your webinars, kind of give us the rundown, uh, how we can find you. So you can always find me at uh, murdochmethod.com. You can find Surefoot at shopsurefootequine.com. And we have a total informational website that's basically international it's five languages which is surefootequine.com but the shop is shop surefoot or on the murdoch method and um, the code should work on both shops so that shouldn't be a problem but there's links right from my virtual trade booth on the uh, land rover trade fair to get to the shop surefoot so you know it's, just, it's got all your great videos on there too you know yeah i put a bunch of videos up and, there yeah and choosing and the right ad and and all of that i mean you really yep. lead people through the process so they can um you know so they can feel successful when they you know when they do get the pads in the mail or or any of the great products that you sell absolutely yep because you know it's it's so different for people to think of offering you know would you like to stand on this versus I'm going to make you stand on this? And that's so important because when we make it an offer, the horse starts to show us what they've, what we may not have noticed, the little imbalances that are actually there that we may not have observed when they're on a, on a flat surface. But when you put them on an unstable surface like a surefoot pad, uh, subtle things show up and you can see muscle activation and swaying and licking and chewing and yawning and eye blinking and um, so it's it's important for the horses to have a bit of an option so that they allow us to see what's really going on. And um, 
that's really important. It's, it's a great way. It's a cool way to kind of uh, interact with your horse as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I just did a webinar today with, uh, with a woman, um, Laura Plunkett, and she was talking about how using surefoot pads kind of lets you and the horse come to a different level in your relationship because the horses know that you've brought them this comfort. And so they respond to you in a different way because it's, it's not something you're doing to them. It's something you're doing for them that they really get. They really appreciate. So it's, right. it's really fascinating. It's, uh, and yeah. it's a lot of fun. It's so and cool. So one yeah. more time, Wendy, because I can't wait. I'm counting down the time that we can play <laughs> with you in town, hopefully in Wellington next year, as we all know, it, it, the challenges of, of the last couple of years, but yeah. how can they, uh, listeners find you online again and all the good stuff. So murdochmethod.com is my website where I also have rider training aids. So that's, I have two sites because my day job has been teaching riding and that's over on Murdoch mm-hmm. Method. And then Shop Surefoot Equine is Strictly Surefoot. And um, the surefootequine.com website is all the information about all the different pads and our international resellers because we have resellers all around the world. Now, the the discount code is only good on my shops. Um, it's not going to work on an international shop. So, um, And it's just this limited time. It ends Sunday night. You know, and I just wanted to say one other thing, you know, Surefoot's been expanding. And the last time I I mentioned that I needed some help, you guys provided me with amazing people. So (laughs) I'm in, I'm in need of someone to have, we're, we're expanding. Um, We're moving into a warehouse um, and I need some part-time help shipping. So if anybody is within the Rappahannock, Delmarva, or sorry, uh, Nova, Northern Virginia area that is curious about this expanding company that's really helping horses and find wellness and happiness. Um, just reach out at Wendy at wendymurdoch.com is my email address. Fantastic. Well, fingers crossed and we're glad we're, we're all a big family here and we love hearing that. So Wendy, thank you again. And we hope you have a great weekend. Thanks you too. And let's hope, uh, you know, Kentucky rocks and there's no more snow. <laughs> agreed. Agreed. A hundred percent. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Tired of having your boot sucked off mid-stride by sticky mud? Mud control grids are the solution. Frustrated by mushy, slippery messes at the paddock gates? Mud control grids are the solution. Is keeping the ground underfoot stable in your sacrifice areas and dry lots causing you to lose sleep? Once again, mud control grids are the solution. You're seeing a trend here, aren't you? Well, Han Plastics Mud Control Grids really has come up with the best solution. Unlike other plastic grids on the market, mud control grids can be installed directly on top of the mud. Let me say that again. Right on top of the mud. You don't need to do any ground preparation. The mud control grids are an instant solution to your high-traffic muddy areas. No more having to fill in with sand, gravel, shavings, or even old carpet. What's more... Mud control grids will allow grass to grow underneath of them so they can be taken back up once the area is dry or recovered. Or you can leave them right where they are and take over again when the rainy season comes back around. Han Plastics mud control grids are designed to be installed as a temporary or permanent solution. You can take them with you with you move. Put down a lot, put down a few. Add more each year. The ultimate mud control solution. Check out Han Plastics Mud Control Grids at mudgrid.ca.
Oh, an added bonus, your tractor or gator won't sync up to its axles with Han Plastics Mud Control Grids in place. So there's that. www.mudgrid.ca Well, tonight we have our Horse Radio Network auditor, Avery, from Washington State on the program. Avery, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, we are excited because we are going to review Beth Baumert's How to Minds Meet, The Mental Dynamics of Dressage. And um, I think we were all just chatting before we got on air and we all loved this book. I, I think we it was unanimous that this is a really good book. So start, what were your thoughts on this book? Oh my goodness. I, I actually, so I have not read the author's first book, um, when two spines align, but I've heard really great things about it. And I, I, after reading this, I definitely want to check it out. Um, but I loved it. I, I felt like this book really bridged a gap between horsemanship and understanding how horses learn and think and dressage training. Um, cause that's really important. We, we need to understand those things when we train our horses, um, but so often dressage books are very, do this exercise in this way until you get this result. Um, and I felt like this was really important. You know, I think everybody should understand how a horse thinks and learns. Yeah. What, what I, what I really enjoyed about it is that, um, you know, it sort of talked about things that, uh, you know, I've naturally kind of learned through, through my coaches and mentors and, you know, like how to get in their correct headspace to be training and, you know, how to, you know, how to build focus because uh, obviously dressage is really kind of technical and you have to be in that, in that right headspace and you have to know how to, how to focus correctly to make efficient use of your, of your training time. And, and never have I seen in a book, it talk, it talk specifically about, dressage training and dressage focus and how to be calm, but, you know, and, and, you know, uh, think about the next step while really maintaining your focus on the current stride and, and all of that stuff that you sort of naturally have, have, have been taught to do. But, but the discussion in this book just makes it super clear and, and really great. Yeah, I love how they kind of go through that for both horse and rider. And I think that, you know, we often as riders neglect our own mental training, um, at least I know I do. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's important. We need to definitely be just as sharp as our horses. Well, and I think so. And I love how the book is organized. That was one of the things that I liked because mm -hmm. Beth went through the chapter and at the end, there's a review. And um, since I, I do some teaching now of people like actually teaching at, at the university, that's such a great tool because you read it and then you reread it. And then I actually marked the, the conclusion of each chapter so that I could go back and very quickly get a whole feeling of the book uh, pretty quickly. And I, I loved how that was set up. And one of the things that I personally liked about this book was I, I spent my entire training pretty much since I was, I think, 13. I trained and have trained with Conrad Schumacher. So a lot of Conrad-isms uh, are, are in this book. And so for me, it really hit home because I was like, of course, like I, I knew exactly what she was talking about. And it's very much in the same sort of system of training that I train in. Um, and I loved her exercises. So I've actually done quite a few of these exercises. Did, did, you, did you try any of the exercises that were in the book? 
I have. I, I played with um, played with a few of them. My dressage horse is out right now, but I've been. Um, I haven't. I also do eventing, so I've awesome. been playing with some of this in my uh, dressage work on my eventer, and um, I, I've done. You know, some of the the especially the ones I really like. The there were some exercises about um, practicing. You know asking, believing and versus expecting. And it was like, they had you like state in your, you know, before you were going to do an exercise, you state it, you know, the first step, like if you're going to do a a serpentine, it was, you know, you'd, you'd say out loud, like half halt flex to the left, you know, you'd, you'd say each step before you did it. Um, And it was really interesting how my horse, you know, he, he's, he's a big, tall, rangy thoroughbred and it really, and I always struggle preparing him for things, but, you know, going through that exercise, I definitely felt like, you know, because I was able to prepare him because I was thinking about each step of the exercise, he rode so much better um, because of that. Well, that's fantastic. So my exercise that I really loved, and I've actually used on a ton of students since I read this book. Uh, and that is one of the bonuses of our book club. I think Phil and I feel, feel the same way. Like, we read the books too, and we we really try to choose the right book for where we think we we want to. It's maybe a little selfish, like we want to work on these things. But the exercise that I've been doing the most is sort of developing throughness in the shoulder end. So mm-hmm. between you know M and P, if you're going to the right, you would start in shoulder end, and then from P to V, you do rising trot stretching. And I have loved that. I've, I've sort of kind of, and I think that's important as you learn exercises and I kind of know again, where these are coming from. I've done that with now I add in haunches in. So I do shoulder in a couple of times. I do haunches in a couple of times and I do that both directions. And I have loved it because the horses sort of stretch on the open side of the circle. And I've really, really liked that exercise. Beth also added in medium trot um, and pushing the horse forward. That was the next exercise. So that was to develop power in the shoulder in. So I really appreciated those two exercises and she does a really good job laying them out and it. They're very clear. Uh, and again, I, I really liked, I really liked the organization of the book because it, it helped me sort of same thing, like make myself think about it and, uh, our mental toughness and, and, and is really important as well. So that was, that was my take. Phil, do you have an exercise that you liked? I mean, I, what I liked is that, you know, um, these are, you know, kind of classical exercises that you might read about in a lot of other books, but this one brings the mental dynamic aspect of, of doing, you know, these exercises. And then you can sort of apply that to, um, planning, planning your own ride and your own exercises and how you can bring those mental aspects to everything that you do and everything you ride. So these are just kind of like examples of yes. good ideas to be included in your training. But, uh, you know, the best thing you, that you can include in your training, like you said, Avery, is preparation, you know, mentally thinking your way through each exercise and then being able to accomplish it because, uh, you know, like you said, that you start to develop an expectation, not not just uh, hoping and dreaming around the arena, but uh, you know these these ideas of of putting putting your expectations that these things are going to happen, and then you have a lot you know a lot more success in whatever in whatever you're doing. Um, the book tells you you know how to go about it 
to to be successful in in kind of a uh, mentally organized way and, and you know and a, and a meditative way of, of helping your writing. So um, you know th- that's that's what I what I like the most. I think uh, you know and I've and I've said you know a couple of times now. But by the end of the book, and there's kind of a, an addendum and an, an appendix that that brings you right back into explaining some of the some of the basic dressage concepts so I'm, I'm glad that she included that there uh, at the end as well you know the training pyramid should always be talked about all the time and yeah and that, i enjoyed that i think we both re- uh, you know and I'm, I'm sure avery you enjoyed it but to me every time you read the training scale a little more of it sinks in and, and we we live and breathe out this training scale every day in our jobs but still sitting down and reading just the basics, you're like, oh yeah, I should have thought about it that way. So I think that's, that's one of the things, Avery, what, did, what was your thought on the, well, the last part? I, I totally agree. I, I loved how that, you know, a training feel. And I think, you know, for me, I, I, um, you know, cause dressage isn't my, my only sport, you know, I do mostly eventing and I do tend to lose a lot of that kind of that base. And when an exercise doesn't go well, I don't think, but I had that same thought when I was reading this, I was like, you know, Oh man, like I was reading through it and I'm like, that's why we're having trouble with, you know, our voltage <laughs> is because, you know, it's, it's not because of he's not collected. It's like, we got to go way back down there and, and get back to, you know, impulsion and even back down to suppleness. And it's like, man, I'm, you know, I'm working up here at the top, but that's not fixing because you're not being fixed because the issue is much further down. Um, so I, I had that same, that when I hit that training scale, I'm like, man, you know, I almost kind of even forgot about the training scale. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, that's why you love it that it's in here. It's like, Hey, just mm-hmm. a reminder. This is, um, and I think one of the other really good tips that I really took from this was, um, Beth, the author, she talks about, you know, the comfort zone, the stretch zone and the panic zone. And basically, Mm -hmm. you know, when you stretch yourself enough, that's literally the place where you're learning. So you want to be able to, you, you need to push into the stretch zone, but there's also a panic zone. And the panic zone is where nobody's learning and everyone's freaking out. Um, so I think it's really just a good reminder that, you know, the comfort zone's great, but you do need to push yourself into the stretch zone because that's where learning's going to happen. And I mm-hmm. thought that that was really cool. And she has kind of a whole section on that. Um, and that's what I've kind of been telling my students. It's like, I'm, I'm stretching you right now. I'm pushing you into that zone um, because that's where you're going to be the most effective. Um, and that's where you're going to learn. So that was, that was another, a really good takeaway from me. Yeah, no, I loved that too. Cause I think that's something that, you know, as, as, as we train our horses and we train ourselves, it's, it's really easy for us, you know, to get either our horses or ourselves, you know, either in the comfort zone or in the panic zone, but we, you know, nothing really good happens there. We need to move beyond, you know, or stay, you know, not go too far. Um, and I, I definitely love that because I do see, um, I train a lot of young horses and I do see a lot of horses that get worked into the panic zone and then people don't understand why they're not um, retaining information. And, and I see a lot of riders who are stuck in their comfort zone. So, yeah. No. Yeah. 
Well, fantastic. Well, I think that this has just been a great book. There were so many sections that I was like, oh, I want to talk about this. Oh, I want to talk about this. So I can't wait. Actually, this is going to go in my assistant's tack room, uh, you know, tack box tomorrow, because I think it's really just a great book. It's a pretty quick read um, and highly recommend this one. So again, the book club that we just finished the book was How Two Minds Meet, Beth Baumert, and it's The Mental Dynamics of Dressage. And you can get the book at horseandriderbooks.com. And again, we really thank Trafalgar Square for all their support of this program. We love it. And we're glad that we're able to share our selections with you guys. And we hope you enjoy it. So stand by for our next book. And we're excited to announce it. And we look forward, uh, Avery, that you continue reading the books along with us. Absolutely. I'm always, always love uh, reading what you guys pick for the month and I've learned a ton. So awesome. Well, that's what we like to hear. That's what we're doing. So Avery, good luck with your horses. And thanks again for being our book club reviewer and you got the chance. And that's what we like to remind everybody. You're an auditor of the Horse Radio Network, and it's a special group that helps kind of keep the lights on. And that's how you can find us and and become. Uh, Philip literally just puts it on the page, and and it is gone quickly. So uh, that's how you were able to review the book. And you can find more information about the auditor program on the Horse Radio Network page. Well, Phil, this week it's been really fun here at the farm because I've had a couple adult amateurs that have not been riding very much. And they came out and we have a very nice horse that we're using as a lesson horse. And I put them in the saddle and both of them haven't ridden in a while. And the stability stirrup leathers were on that saddle. And both of the riders couldn't believe the difference in their leg from when we didn't have the stability stirrup leathers on to where we did. So again, another singing the praise of this. Yeah, that's a really nice kind of aha moment. Mm -hmm. You know, I... um. Might, might have been on for a long time, but I had somebody uh, newer to the barn come out and then she was actually looking at a horse or whatever. And, and then she's like, you know, what is that? And I'm like, those are, you know, total saddle fit stability stirrup leathers. Like everybody knows what they are, but I, I forgot them. <laughs> I had to kind of go through the explanation about, you know, it's not a new invention, but it's a, it's, it's a Justin over there has uh, brought it back as it were, or recognized, uh, you know, a benefit and a need for a really wider um, stirrup leather. And uh, yeah, it is super beneficial to keeping your, your leg quieter and being more comfortable underneath the leg. So uh, that's that's fun when, when we get to explain yeah. all the products that, uh, that we're using from Total Saddle Fit. Yeah. And it's a great company and they have also amazing girths and covers for the girths and they're just really innovative and we love their products and they hold up a really long time because Phil and I are not necessarily nice to these products. We, we really put them through the ringer for you guys. And so, uh, check out all the, all the products at totalsaddlefit.com and, uh, Justin there will take care of you. And again, that's totalsaddlefit.com. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, Phil, you and I kind of had for our trainer tip of the week, similar training kind of things happened today, didn't we? Well, uh, we were just talking about, you know, what exercises have we been doing lately or, or using in our lesson programs lately. And then we both kind of went, you know, what's really good is, you know, uh, when you have a horse that's learned a little, uh, some, you know, to do a leg yield quite good, 
or develop through all the way up into a little bit of half pass. I use it kind of as a warm-up exercise or, or as an exercise to kind of get a horse a little bit looser that has a little bit of tension. But basically, um, you, you come around the second corner, you leg yield your way off of the, off of the wall of the track towards the center line. But as you do that, you can generally start to think about changing the bend towards the direction of travel and, and maintaining the same amount of energy and sideways and then change and then changing the bend back away from the direction of tra travel, you know, more like the traditional leg yield as a way of kind of suppling the horse and maintaining a connection and keeping them, um, you know, relaxed and rhythmical in their lateral work. Yeah, exactly. That this is literally it's so cute because I I was I was not at the farm this afternoon and and I came back and Sarah, my assistant who's been on the show before, uh, she was so excited. She was like Parker, her her young thoroughbred. You know, he's six years old. He's not baby baby, and he's he's in a really fun stage now because he's sort of you know the other day we were playing with a little shoulder in and a little haunches in, and she said, oh my gosh. I was doing this leg yield and getting him loose. And she's like, I looked up in the mirror and I thought, I'll just change the bend. And so she literally did the same exercise. And it was so cute because uh, she's like, he did a little half pass today. And I, and I said, well, that makes sense because he's ready for that. He's sort of already doing some of the lateral work uh, that build, that are building blocks of half pass. And I think it's so fun when you have the ability to you know, change the horse's bend and move the horse around. And they can learn that stuff. And it's not sort of this, it doesn't have to be this amazing, like we're doing half pass today. Uh, I think when you're training a horse and kind of teaching a little bit generically, like it just kind of happened for her. Uh, and it was so cool. Um, cause it was basically the same exercise and she was so excited that he wasn't fussy or nothing, you know, nothing really changed in his rhythm or his, his tempo and, and his mind. And I think that that was really fun. So, um, very similar exercise. And I think it is a good thing to kind of play with that lateral work. Yeah, Why not? I mean, you know, the point of the point of dressage is to loosen the horse up and get them stretching in different ways. You know, just because all the movements have names doesn't mean that you need to know the name before you before you can kind of just play with different bends or you know or um you know i use the same exercise in, in doing um you know within transitions without you know you walk you bend this way um and then you change the bend and then you trot off again and, you know like all kinds of just you know fun things playing with your horse right. as long you know as long as you're not jamming the mouth or getting getting too physical you know the horses enjoy being you know playing with the movement and and being able to do the different bends and 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 all this stuff so reese maybe tomorrow you're going to te teach her and then you're going to do the same thing in canter and we'll see how that goes <laughs> maybe we'll just try the same thing in the trot okay. maybe not overface everybody right, yeah. first walk <laughs> First I'm like, walk, oh, I'm like a little trot, trot, but I do want to see it. Yeah, I want to see it tomorrow in her lesson. Actually, that is the game plan is I, I want to see this new trick. And um, I think that's really fun. I think it, it, it is good to just play with them. And why not? You know, he's he's fit and he's ready. And and it was fun for him. It was fun for her. And I love it. What is it maybe 100% a technical half pass? I don't know. I, I'm hoping so, but probably not. But it doesn't matter, right? You're just in introducing the the skill and, and the thought for them. 
Well, Phil, that was a great trainer tip of the week, as always. I think we did a good job this week, but we love email and Facebook shout-outs from all our listeners. Keep them coming. We're really excited. We want to do a drum roll because we're about ready to announce our book club. Drum roll, Phil. Uh, I don't know how to do that, but yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay, so our book club, our newest edition is John Hames' Ride Big. The Ultimate Guide to Building Equestrian Confidence. So we are excited to announce that. And next show, we will have John on the program. And I think you're really going to enjoy his interview. And as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way you can find me is through Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products, Bates Saddles, Han Plastics, TotalSaddleFit.com, and Surefoot Equine Stability Program. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk to you in a couple weeks.